Morning. Morning. Morning, Aline. <laughs> Great. Thank you. Thanks a lot. We managed. It's 20 past. So <laughs> we are slightly behind schedule, but as closer to the mic, thank you. Thank you, Nikos. Uh, we're 20 minutes behind, but as yesterday, we'll manage to catch it up through the program. Morning again. I think there's a handful of us that are new. So today is the second day of the assembly entitled Our House is on Fire. And today is primarily dedicated to digging into the code that we visited uh, yesterday. But um, I won't go too much into that, uh, but maybe just to flesh out or outline the program of the day. Uh, Bina Choi and Annette Kraus will set us off momentarily with a recap. Um, of the cards that you submitted yesterday, these what stayed with you cards. And then we'll move into keynotes. Um, the first one being with uh, Suzanne Daliwal, and then Ugo Matei is joining us over Skype. And then we'll break out once again into the open space sessions. And before we do that, uh, Rosa and Ying will explain the process and set us off again. Uh, we'll break for lunch as we did yesterday, and then that's followed by an interlude. Um, this time by Angela, Angelina, beg your pardon, Kumar. And then we go into open space again, and then there's a plenary. That's followed by a break, and then we continue with pl plenary, and then there's a wrap-up. And we aim to close doors around six, but there are drinks upstairs provided, and the exhibition will be on. Yeah, So that's what our day together looks like. Um, so I invite Bina and Aneta to take us into the recap of the day. Hi, good morning. Uh, so actually, recap is intended to like reflect on uh, how yesterday flew, um, flowed and also to uh, host those who couldn't join us uh, yesterday. And as a way of doing that, also thinking of short time that we have, our proposal is to read together the whole document. Yeah? And maybe I can mm. also welcome from my side to everybody. Um, yeah. We, we need it anyway, like uh, uh, immediately. The way, so it really like what Bina just proposed really came from suggestions already yesterday, but also from uh, advice in the cards to we need to have the, the, the code, the drafted code in the room, also like hearing it once together. But maybe to give a, a quick, um, like the way we, we read the cards, there were like three three groups around the cards, which were general in, uh, impressions on the day, uh, starting from the morning, um, about the different inputs that we heard, um, and about the facilitation. Then there's another group that really uh, gave advice, which is super helpful on the process of the assembly, super nice, um, as well like a critique and encouraging critique, as well as like, okay, we have to go a little bit differently here. Um, and then the, the third group uh, really focused on advice to the facilitation groups. So already giving uh, um, or repeating also partly what we have been discussing in uh, like text-based.
based, language-based advice. So this is also super helpful. And what we will do is we will lay out the cards on one of the tables over there, so you also have access to it. Okay? So we would start with reading the preamble of the draft. And the way we will do it, so you have different possibilities to follow us. Like, first of all, through listening. The other one, we have it on the screen. And, and this is something that we might have forgotten yesterday. The, the draft version of the code is also in the space. So in each of these, I don't know how you call them, corners, there is one part. So when you are close to one of the, of the um, chapters or the layers, Please also make use of to read with us there. Then we have me or Bina holding the actually uh, draft that has been intervened already yesterday. So you have a sense of that there is for the newcomers as well that there has been a lot of intervention already going on, um, language based. So okay. speaking of the interventions, um, although we are reading the very first draft that we shared in the beginning yesterday that we uh, joined through open sessions. There have been so many comments, interventions, and proposals for changes, including the structure. So please don't be bothered by that we still have this first draft. But purpose is to get acquainted of the whole story and, and prepare ourselves to like really working, elaborating actively with all these comment or things that we harvested from yesterday. And we ask uh, people to volunteer us to maybe read a paragraph of the, of the um, draft. Um, so would you like to? Yes. I can do this with the, with the so preamble. What practical measures will art and art institutions take to, to care for our planetary commons with the power of imagination? The urgent assertion that our house is on fire inspired children and youth from all over the world to go on strike and advocate for climate justice. Yet, this assertion meets some complication. Many of us don't know how to enact such a thing. There is a lack of a we that, we can, that can address this the issue, which might make it impossible to realize change. Meanwhile, behind the language of crisis, urgency, and emergency are corporations who opportunistically seek, to seek out new markets, pushing for technological in innovation as an all-encompassing solution. Yeah? Would there be volunteers? Do you mind reading the second? <coughs> Let's be clear about it. The climate crisis is a part of the same logic that feminists <laughs> and anti-colonial scholars have long since understood as CPC. Uh, colonialism, patriarchy, <laughs> capitalism, a system thriving on the exploitation of labor, inequality, and precarity. The code takes the notion of the commons as a frame 
through which to present the problem of climate crisis and as a viable alternative system and practice. The Commons defines... Si more? I'm Less? I'm sorry, but this is page three. Okay. So, <laughs> this is double-sided. Good to know. <laughs> of life. Yeah, that's right. Indigenous communities and farmers around the world whose lands have been and continue to be stolen and destroyed have struggled with the, with the crisis for centuries. However, the climate crisis unfolds on the planet where all of us, human and non-human, are living. We are all implicated in the end. But it's those who contribute to the climate crisis the least who feel the disaster most accurately. Mm -hmm. Well, it's those who come from industrialized nations contributing the most to the crisis, who are less affected. Faced with this situation, the important question is, how can we act and as individuals and as collectives, as artists, and as art institutions. The Climate Justice Code is drafted by the editorial committee alongside the steering committee of the Second Assembly for Commoning Art Institutions. Our house is on fire at Casco Art Institute. It is further developed by all of the participants of the assembly with the intention that it is adopted by art institutions and artists in the Netherlands and beyond. The code is a tool for responding to the climate crisis and aligns itself with the climate justice movement, which stands for system change, not climate change. The code invites artists and art institutions to reconcile, reconcile the way in which we practice our politics within daily life with the power of art and imagination. At the same time, it considers other codes already implemented in the Netherlands, such as the Fair Practice Code, the Cultural Diversity Code and the Cultural Governance Code that are closely interconnected and that were developed to leverage local and national governmental cultural policy. The code takes, the code don't takes, The goal takes the notion of the commons as a frame through which to present the problem of climate. I cannot see of climate crisis, <laughs> and as a viable, viable alternative system and practice. The commons, defined simply as shared resources managed by a self-organizing community, are conditioned by the ethics of caring and sharing sustainability. 
If public art institutions extend their sense of responsibility to the community in which they are embedded, we might extend this responsibility back towards them for a common good and consider art institutions are as anchor institutions. This means that we acknowledge the art institutions' roles within the community, socially and geographically, and is and in so doing, call for a recalibration of their public and peer responsibility to include or envelop the values of climate justice. All things that pertain to system change hurt. As individual practitioners and active members of institutions, we embrace this painful process towards climate justice. All art, art, institution, art institutions that adhere to the code slash guideline are committed to prefigurative politics, practicing the politics of climate justice throughout the institution's infrastructure, including supply chain, rather than simply speaking of or representing these politics, acknowledging the Climate Justice Code as an elaboration on the role of art, the art institution. Agenda sh setting, shining light on struggles, practices, and rituals destroyed in imperialist expansion as a way to inform another way forward and to pay tribute to ways of life and knowing that have been lost or diminished taking an intersectional approach to climate crisis, all the practical measures and agenda setting, and walking the walk. Committing two alternatives to capitalism, see the definition of the commons as an example, challenging the heteronormativity and toxic masculinity. Climate justice code as an onion, an explanation. Mm, imagine the code as an onion. Why? There are many layers to climate justice and subsequent actions to be taken. It is especially so concerning art and art institutions. Contemporary art almost invariably tells a story that does not include its material realities in that story. The effect this has is that the artwork hides its own material use, social impact and social relation it's built upon, energy use and other conditions necessary for its production and reception. We need to understand what is at stake when an artwork's primary form and mode of communication replicates the very problems of a society it reflects on. How can we unlearn our tendency to replicate the ecologically damaging habits that our art seeks to address? Can we walk the walk rather than just talking the talk? What are the different levels of interaction that artists and art institutions can take for climate justice? Art and imagination invites both practical measures and what might at first look impossible and impractical. We should need to separate what we represent or what we present 
from how we organize and operate. Within this logic, we do not need to separate what we do on a daily basis from policy. The code as an onion does not exclude one section over another, but takes a layered approach. Layer one, commons as a framework. The commons provide a framework to us for us to address climate change. Defined in its most simplistic sense as shared resources managed by a self-organizing community, the commons are conditioned by the ethics of caring and sharing sustainability. The commons gives us, an, gives us agency to understand the causes of climate crisis and how we might move in order to engage with it. Layer two, a definition of climate justice. If we want to co-create a climate justice code, we need to understand what climate justice means. This is the starting point to imagining how we, as artists and art institutions, can enact climate justice in our work. It is important to understand the second layer, therefore as an integral quality that runs through all the layers of the code. The principles below draw from the common uh, network, definition of climate justice. One, the effects of climate change are felt most acutely by people who have contributed the least to the crisis. Communities in the global south, as well as low-income communities in the industrialized north, are bearing the burden of rich countries' overconsumption of our planet's resources. This story must be turned around. The burden of adjustment to the climate crisis must be must be borne by those who created it. Two, climate justice means addressing the climate crisis while promoting equity and resilience, and ensuring the realization of human and mother uh, mother Earth rights. It demands a just transition a radical shift from an extractive economy to a regenerative economy. People's sovereignty over land, energy, forest, and water must be upheld and reclaimed. The climate crisis is the byproduct of a systemic crisis, fueled by capitalism, colonialism, patriarchy, extractivism, and white supremacy. Any structural solution will require us to fundamentally disrupt these power structures and change the system at its roots. We can't see the climate crisis without addressing the interconnections between all these issues. It is not a single issue crisis. Um, layer three. Art is an essential alternative tool to climate crisis. Artists and art institutions produce and present artworks that emphasize or bring value to certain ideas. They play an inherent role in the production of our reality. 
Art is the domain for radical imagination, the ability to imagine the world, life and social institutions, not as they are, but as they might otherwise be or become. Art is well placed to recognize that it is what is at stake in the call to organize for systemic change. When speaking about system change, art is crucial for envisioning and practicing an alternative. Who's next? <laughs> Layer four, everyday acts for change. Here we list the acts for change that we can take in our day-to-day -day operations. This list is by no means complete. Yet in compiling such lists that may be checked off, as with a shopping list, let us take into account the neoliberal trap of individual responsibility that focuses solely on consumer behavior as a marketing ploy to distract individuals from politicizing their worldviews and enforcing system change. Measuring the CO2 footprint of your art organizational practice and working towards carbon neutral, food miles, vegetarianism and veganism event catering, water, short showers, cold water taps already installed Netherlands wide, travel, minimizing long haul flights, take the train policy, waste, minimize food waste, cleaning products, printed marketing material, working with local artists and practitioners instead of only inviting internationally, the issue of labor and productivity in general, extraction in body. See more tips here. And the next slide, it's actually this one. Oh no, five. Layer five, advocacy. We might hold each other accountable as peer institutions while communicating and disseminating the conversation on climate justice. This accountability includes lobbying as well as structural and individual engagement with visitors, partners and funders, etc. as a method for ongoing conversation around climate justice involvement. The ideal way to enforce the code is to leverage the code from below to the funding bodies who can and or will then enforce them with the larger institution. Consider also the follow-up for this code. What a working group for finalizing and disseminating the climate justice code might look like and how it might function. Advocacy or strategy for after the practical measures. Public outward facing digital newsletters, uh, newsletter updates about institutional and individual measures taken so that the community or public may invest in measures committed to. Regular updates, make public the administrative changes including financial burden of the change, e.g. or example, change hurts. Internal measures, 
incorporation of climate justice progress or discussion in regular meetings. Conversation with support teams, catering, marketing, events, external curators and artists, cleaners, maintenance, install and tech team about climate justice measures, what policies are in place at the institution, holding suppliers accountable to contracts made, searing for practical measures, and welcoming accountability measures from them. Layer six, disengage from big industry. How to disengage with big industry, namely fossil fuel, big pharma, and tech companies while holding each accountable. This is an opportunity to speak around the question of cutting ties with big industry and perhaps also maintaining ties, which is to say how to deal with legacy while existing in a system that is living off it. How can we have conversations that speak to the complexity of this question? On the one hand, we must traverse binary, absolutist, and either-or conversations. And on the other hand, we must navigate and avoid rhetorical conversations that avoid taking a position when recognizing one's implication within a network. We might begin by doing the following. Investigating the history of corporate funding in art institutions learning from institutions, biennales, etc., who have taken a position from boycotting to accepting funding. Addressing who built your building, how your funder get, got their money, who made the laptop, why are we using Google to draft this, etc. Make suggestions to the corporate funders of art institutions. Thank you so much. So at the end of the day, uh, at the pre uh, plenary session, we uh, aim at reading the revised version. Yeah. New layer added or structure changed, etc. Maybe we need to give applause to all of us. Thanks, all thanks, Bina and uh, Aneta. I forgot to mention my name. My name is Yolandi, by the way. <laughs> ah. <laughs> um.